It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction, coming to you every weekday to help you know you're not alone on your journey of faith. Great to have all of you with us today. And today we're going to look ahead to this Sunday's Gospel. We like to do that on uh, our Friday broadcast. Uh, it's the Gospel of Matthew. It's another parable. The landowner who planted a vineyard and when he sent his servants to obtain his produce, the tenants killed them. And then the landowner's son, they killed him too. It's all about lack of respect and rejection. When have you been rejected? Because of your faith in Jesus. Well, we're going to talk about that today here to help us on the journey. Our spiritual director, good to have Father Joseph Johnson back with us once again. Father Joseph is a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, pastor of Holy Family Catholic Church in St. Louis Park. Father Joseph Johnson, welcome back. Great to have you on the program today. Good to be with you, Chuck. Happy to to be on this wonderful program again. Yeah, and looking forward to our discussion together. Let's uh, just uh, mention and let everybody know, uh, by the way, as we follow and monitor the news about the president, and First Lady testing positive for the uh, coronavirus. If there are any uh, White House updates or uh, any news conferences, we will break away to bring that to you live. Of course, we will um, have updates uh, for all of you at the top of each hour right here on Relevant Radio and on the Relevant Radio app. And I'm sure all of us, uh, let's please uh, continue to pray for the President, the First Lady, and really anyone, maybe that's you, impacted by the virus today. So just wanted to let you know about that. So Father Joseph Johnson, Let's get started. The Sunday Gospel, I'm going to have you share that with everybody here in a minute. But before we do that, tell us what's going on. It's the Gospel of Matthew. Yes, so Jesus teaches us through a parable. You know, parables are stories because we find that rather than a textbook, you know, we don't always learn best that way. We learn kind of on the job, seeing things as they take place. And so Jesus tells stories so that we can place ourselves in the story and learn the lessons. And so that's what we need to do always when Jesus tells a parable, is say, where do I fit in this story? What, what figure in this story do I most resemble? And what are the good things about that figure that, that I need to keep building on? Uh, what are the bad things that I need to repent of and need to change? So that's, that's the great use of, of, of parables that, uh, that Jesus shows us in a very practical way what he's talking about, rather than giving us a theory about holiness. Same reason why we, we still talk about the lives of the saints, right? To see the gospel in action, to see what holiness looks like lived out, is, is much more helpful to us being practical people and making those lessons our own, in our own everyday choices, than simply reading a textbook about theology. Yeah, and as uh, and again, I'm going to have you share this here in just a moment, but what jumps out at you the most? I, I love this parable, by the way. You're right. Uh, who are we in this parable? But what jumps out to you the most? Well, this parable actually, in a way, encompasses all of salvation history. You know, the, the landowner who planted the vineyard, what we're talking about is the creation of the world uh, and how God then sends his servants 
you know, he 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 has a chosen people. He makes a covenant with them, but they're tenants. You and I like to think that we're landowners, but God is the landowner. <laughs> you and I are tenants, and so you hear in church we talk about stewardship. That this this tells us all about stewardship. I don't own these things. I have been entrusted by the landowner with these things, and the point is for me to produce a fruit. And and of course, what happens is the tenants begin acting like they're the landowners, and then when the landowner sends his servants to, to get the fruit, they say, uh-uh, I'm keeping it for myself, and they kill the servants, or they send them away. And then, of course, finally he sends his son. That reminds us, after a long line, centuries of God sending prophet after prophet after prophet, those the servants in the parable, the the servants come, the prophets come with God's message, and still the people uh, don't repent except for a moment, maybe. And and so finally God sends His Son, and then of course what do we do to Jesus? We kill Him, right? So so again this whole notion that that we are wrestling with God for control, uh, and and we keep rejecting uh, God and His servants and His message to us. And the point of our lives is to bear a fruit, a godly fruit, a fruit of holiness. Not to build my kingdom, but to realize I'm part of his kingdom and my efforts are to be spent that way. That's why he taught us to pray, thy kingdom come. Yeah, Father Joseph Johnson, our spiritual director, let's open up our phone line sponsored by Charity Mobile, the pro-life phone company. If you'd like to join us, it's a toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149, our email address, com. But I'm going to ask uh, Father Joseph to share this gospel with you. And uh, for me, as I listen to it, maybe you too, it's about rejection and maybe lack of respect. When have you been rejected by the people in your life because of your faith? And perhaps you find yourself rejecting the Lord in some way. What's going on with that? And when have you found the courage to stand up for your faith, essentially not rejecting the Lord? Toll free again if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. So, Father Joseph, can we take a moment here and ask you to share this Sunday Gospel with all of our listeners? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. And glory to you, Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally he sent his son to them, thinking, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, 
By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. And praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father Joseph, as you read that right now, you've probably touched on it a bit, but uh, right now, what speaks to you the most? You know, it's this, uh, the, the patience of God comes through this at first, you know, that, that he sends more than one servant. You know, you and I, often in our dealings with one another, if, if I ask once and I don't get it, then, then I give up, right? I get mad, I break off a relationship, whatever. And yet God comes time after time after time. And, and again, that's, that's him reaching out to us through his mercy. Uh, but then also that the point of our lives is having received everything, even life itself, we are a steward. My life doesn't belong to me. It comes from God. It's his gift to me. And, and then I've been redeemed by him. Uh, my, the promise I have of eternal life is his gift as well. And all of that is meant to produce a good fruit. And so often you and I run around trying to do our own thing, and God seems an intrusion in my plans, an intrusion in my life, rather than asking always, first of all, what do I do with the gifts that have been given to me? How can I bear a fruit that is pleasing to the Lord and give that fruit to the Lord? Hmm. We are uh, talking today about the Sunday Gospel from Matthew, uh, rejection, lack of respect. We'll get into that a little bit more deeply. But when have you been rejected by the people in your life because of your faith? And perhaps you find yourself rejecting the Lord in some way. What's going on with that? And then when have you found the courage to stand up for your faith, essentially not rejecting the Lord? Father Joseph Johnson is our spiritual director. And if you would like to join us, it's a toll-free phone number, 888-914-914. 9149. Stay with us. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life spiritual directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And just a reminder that our Relevant Radio toll-free studio line is sponsored by Charity Mobile, the pro-life phone company. More information about their cell phones and monthly plans, all available at CharityMobile.com. Welcome back, everyone. Chuck Neff, along with Jim Shaper, sitting in the producer's seat today. Matt Beardsley answering your phone calls. And if you're just joining us, Father Joseph Johnson is our spiritual director. Father Joseph, one of our regular contributors, a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, pastor of Holy Name, uh, Holy Family Catholic Church, that in St. Louis Park. Our Friday broadcast, as we do every uh, week. Take a look, taking a look ahead to the Sunday Gospel. It's the uh, Gospel of Matthew and uh, another parable for us. And it's all about uh, rejection and lack of respect. And as you think about your journey of faith, when have you been, quote unquote, rejected by the people in your life because of your faith? And perhaps you find yourself maybe rejecting the Lord in some way right now. What's going on with that? And then when have you found the courage to stand up for your faith and essentially not reject? Rejecting the Lord. Again, toll free if you'd like to join us, 888 914 91. 
4-9. So, Father Joseph, um, you know, I think everybody listening today, we say we have faith in God. We might label ourselves as good Catholics. But do we, uh, some way in our fallen nature, do we still reject the Lord? Well, that's the the key point, <laughs> Chuck, that you come right to it. The thing that, that you and I, when we read this parable, we would say, I'm a servant of God, right? I I believe in, in the gospel. I go to church. Here I am listening to Catholic radio. Of course I'm one of God's servants, right? And then we miss the point that actually some of us, that all of us, first of all, are tenants. You know, we, we have to, to realize that in this story, we, we, we take both roles at different points in our lives. Yes, we can be God's servant. We can be a witness to the gospel out in the world, all that. But we're also stewards of the gifts he gave us. And because we are weak and, and, and sinful, we sometimes do reject him. We do reject his message. Uh, and that's why to read this gospel, like always, we need to back up what are the rest of the readings. And the first reading for this coming Sunday, what do you know? It's about a vineyard. So there we are in Isaiah talking about a vineyard. So of course, you've got to understand, I need to read the gospel parable in light of this earlier reading that the church put the two of them together for a reason. And it's all about this vineyard that was carefully tended and cleared of stones and all of this that's happened. And then it doesn't produce the fruit that it's supposed to produce. Now, and if you and I remember, Jesus in all of his teachings, he only ever gives us one criterion for judging things. He says, by their fruit, you shall know them. Right? A good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. So here is, again, in the first reading from Isaiah, this uh, landowner that, that tends the vineyard, that owns the vineyard, looking for a good fruit, and it's not there. And here then in the Gospel parable is the landowner looking for his servants to give him the good fruit that, that was supposed to have been produced. So that's where you and I need to look at what is the fruitfulness of our lives. What what fruit do we produce? And I think if we're brutally honest, Chuck, if you ask, does my life look more like my uh, fellow Americans or more like the Christians of the catacombs, I think we just might have to admit that in many ways we resemble a very comfortable, affluent society more than this this hard persecuted uh, group of people that gave up everything to follow the Lord. And and that's where I think the great danger is that we want to live with one foot in the, in, in the kingdom of God and one foot in our own kingdom. You know, yeah. and w- what are we building? Are we, are we building our own kingdom or do we see ourselves as stewards and, and that we are in his service? Not that we just give him an hour on Sunday morning, not that we give him uh, some prayer time each day and, and, and we give a tithe uh, or anything like this, but that, that everything of our lives belongs to God and everything of our lives is meant to glorify God. And sometimes I think we give in to a self-indulgence and begin to glorify ourselves and build our own kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's the great tension that, that maybe we don't immediately 
recognize ourselves as those. We don't want to think that we kill people, right? We don't want to think that we reject Christ. Uh, but in some ways we, we do. Uh, maybe not that we've, we've consciously made that choice, but we haven't listened to the voice of God calling us to produce a fruit that's different than the fruit of the world. Yeah. Then, Father Joseph, I wonder sometimes when we talk about, I mean, let's be honest, I don't want to reject Jesus. I don't want to reject the Lord. Uh, but I wonder sometimes when we kind of pick and choose what we want to believe that the church teaches us. Uh, you know, Sunday Mass, that's not, I don't need to go every week. Then I always look at the contraception issue. Everybody's doing it. But the church uh, teaches us very clearly, yes, we need to get the Mass on Sunday. Yes, contraception is an intrinsic evil. But when we start to, to blur some of those teachings, are we, in fact, then rejecting the Lord? Oh, absolutely, right? And that's what, what sometimes is called being a, a cafeteria Catholic, right? That I, I pick and choose, whether it's doctrine or whether it's morals. I pick and choose. Well, wait a minute. If I get to decide what's right and what's wrong, if I get to decide what's true or false, what's good or evil, then I've made myself God, right? That's the, the ultimate sin uh, of pride. I put myself in God's chair. I will decide, you know, and, and we don't think of it that way, but in effect, that's what we've done, and that's what we need to repent of. And it's not just on these things, because we might say, I, I believe everything the Catechism teaches me, but then we look at the lives of the saints. Like this Sunday, if it wasn't a Sunday, it would be the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi, right? Now, you tell me, he lived the gospel radically. And I'm not saying that all of us uh, need to to live the poverty that Francis of Assisi lived. But I think a lot of times what creeps into my mind is when I start to see my bank account mount a little bit is, oh, you know what, I can buy a cabin at the lake or I can I can go on a fancy vacation. That's the first thought that, that might come up rather than I wonder what I could do for the poor. You know, I wonder if God entrusted me with these resources not to live a more comfortable life for me, but if I have my basic needs met, that I am to use those things to be a blessing to the people around me. You know, that is, is what a, 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 someone who's truly conformed to the gospel, it's not about me, me, me. It's It's about how can I be God's blessing to the people around me? How can I put everything into his service? And I, I think we just, we live in such a materialistic society that I think all of us flunk on the test of gospel simplicity of life. Hmm. You know, and, and all of us reject kind of that, that hard call of the Lord not to be attached to the things of this world. Uh, you know, and, and that's that's one place where, I, again, I don't think we recognize it, but in effect, we are rejecting uh, Christ uh, and beginning to build our own kingdoms in some way. Yeah. And back to your point, and I think that's such a good point for all of us. We are the tenants. <laughs> we want to be the landowner, but we are not, are we? C correct. Correct. God is the landowner. And, and we're blessed that he's invited us into his vineyard and entrusted it to us. So we hear stewardship mentioned, you know, and sometimes that's just, oh, that's a catchphrase for, the, for fundraising, right? 
But no, it, it has to be a disposition of heart. It has to be a mentality that says everything doesn't, it's not mine, right? So I had a, a family once that, that gave me a very generous contribution for the parish. I thanked them profusely and I said, Father, we got to tell you two things. First, you can't take it with you. And second, it isn't ours anyway. Right? Those are people that are uh, that understand what it means to be a steward, right? That that everything we've been given is a gift. Some say, Well, no, I worked for that. Okay, but the talents that you worked with are from the Lord, and the opportunities that you were given to use those talents are from the Lord too. So to understand ourselves as stewards and and to, to put it into that mentality that's where we begin to free ourselves, whether it's using our time. Like how many times do we say, oh, I just don't have time to, to pray today. Hold on. Who gave you all 24 hours of today? God, right? And I'm telling him I don't have time to pray. See, I, I don't understand. This is my time, and God has to arm wrestle me for my time. Instead, it's his time. Every moment is his gift, and I'm a steward of it. I need to be producing a good fruit. Father Joseph Johnson, our spiritual director, if you'd like to join us, toll-free number 888-914-9149. Stay with us. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life spiritual directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And welcome back. Thank you for joining us on the program today. Father Joseph Johnson, our spiritual director. Father Joseph, pastor of Holy Family Catholic Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota, that in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. This is our Friday broadcast, taking a look ahead to the Sunday Gospel uh, from the Gospel of Matthew, another parable for us, uh, the parable of the landowner who planted a vineyard. And it's all about uh, lack of respect and rejection and uh, phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. So what's your story in terms of uh, when have you been rejected by the people in your life because of your faith? And perhaps uh, you find yourself rejecting the Lord in some way. uh, What's going on with that? And then when have you found the courage to stand up for your faith, essentially not rejecting the Lord? Again, toll-free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149, our email address, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Real quick before we uh, get to a phone call or two for Father Joseph, just a reminder, today's the deadline. You've probably been hearing us for the last couple of weeks talking about uh, signing up for a free nativity set. We're going to be giving uh, uh, away 200 of them to you and our listening audience and uh, these are nativity sets that valued uh, more than at more than $500 but the deadline's today you have to sign up by the end of today all you have to do is go to relevantradio.com/nativity and register but uh, hurry if you haven't done this uh, do it today uh, you only have the rest of the of the day to do that and uh, displaying your own beautiful and I'm telling you they're really beautiful hand painted nativity seat set in front of your home really is an easy way to evangelize uh, your neighborhood and show that 
you're proud to be Catholic. Together, we uh, really can impact our communities. This Advent, making room for Christ inside our hearts and outside of our homes. So sign up right now to win. RelevantRadio.com slash nativity. So, Father Joseph Johnson, let's uh, head to the phones. And Gene, listening in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, first of all, thank you for waiting. We appreciate that. And second, it's uh, good to have you on the program today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. And we're very thankful for Relevant Radio because it's been a significant part of our journey with our daughter, who actually had, um, she had been diagnosed with tumors of her nervous system when she was five and a half years old. And that was in the year 2005. And she passed away of the cancer. Um, eventually, it became a cancer, and she passed away in 2017. She was 16 years old. So, in that time, I when it, it sparked my, um, I think it's got something going in my heart when you were talking about rejecting God, and I could clearly say that it was only through the experiences that we went through with her that really created a deeper understanding of who God is through her suffering and how she was able to remind us exactly of the true meaning of love, the sacrificial love. And so ultimately with that, it has allowed me to be able to then witness more and by the grace of God, be able to share some of those stories that we had experienced. Well, Jean, thank you for sharing that with us. And and, um, and first of all, I'm sorry for your your loss. Uh, this, I don't think there's any other loss as great as for for parents to to lose a child. You know that everything of of nature even says no. It shouldn't go this way, right? I'm I'm older. I should go first. It's it's I'm further down that road, uh, and so it's just it's the most unnatural uh, grief. Uh, the most the most heartrending grief, which is why that's a grief that Our Lady had right at the foot of the cross, and why Our Lady of Sorrows uh, can come to us and we can and be close to her. She can comfort us when when whatever our our sorrows are, because she knows the most profound. So, so I I can just say to you and, and your husband that that you were able to find the grace of God in that, uh, whereas so many. Uh, would just see it as as you know a waste. Why did this young person leave us so soon? Why why is this suffering in the world? Where is God? And, and there could be an anger and a despair and a bitterness, you know, that can just poison all of that. And, and of course, anger and sadness these are natural emotions. That, that of course, at the, at the death of a loved one, we are going to go through uh, those. But that you are able to discover in it how the Lord is at work. And how he turns even evil, not just moral evils of sin, but the, but the evils in a world that, that are broken by original sin, that we have sickness, we have death, those weren't part of God's original plan for us. Those, those are all part of the bad fruit of, of the fall of Adam and Eve. But that he never allows evil to have the last word. And that he always draws something good out of it. So uh, at the same time, I'm sad for your loss. I'm so happy that you have found uh, the ability to see God at work there and how the Lord will use uh, your suffering as well as hers to to be a light to others who may be struggling with some suffering in their lives. 
Yeah, wow. Gene, if I might ask you a question, uh, tell me uh, no if you don't want to answer the question, but I'm one thank you for really uh, uh, a heartwarming story in terms of going through everything you went through. But when you talk about your daughter and her suffering, you indicated that uh, she reminded you of what sacrificial love is all about. Did she in some way then minister to you and your family? Absolutely. Yes, and that was the part that just brings a lot of tears at times because ultimately I had fallen away in my heart from the relationship with God. And I hadn't realized it until after her diagnosis and good friends had mentioned, take her to Eucharistic Adoration. Well, she was five and a half years old. And I honestly, I had never heard of Adoration. I didn't know what it was. But when we went it was in the basement of a church two days a week, but that, that evening. And her arms, at five and a half years old, her arms went wide open right up to the monstrance. And honestly, I was in this earthly world of just thinking, oh, she's going to knock something over. This is, this is going to be embarrassing. But she stopped when she got up there, and she just kept her arms. And I, I knew something was going on at that point. And then when it got to the point through the 11-year journey, she was offering up her suffering for the unborn, and that helped my heart to convert as well, um, because I was struggling with that, with understanding the messages of this world. But then she was saying we need to protect them. And so then ultimately when it got to her last day of life here on Earth, it was her brother's birthday. And her brother was turning 14 years old that day because we have younger children than her. And she had um, asked my husband through the night, she asked who... Who is it, the little boy and the little girl, the, the ones who just came to make me laugh? And my husband and I had also miscarried two babies. And we have four children younger than her. Our daughter who passed away is the oldest of all of our children. And so we realized then, here I had been hanging on to, prior to that, I had been hanging on to some of the remains, but I had buried them while our daughter was still alive. But I just then it started to make more sense that this, this is, there's a, very, there's a reality to the life, the woman, how she was ministering to us and helping me understand better, helping all of us. And our 13-year-old just said to me yesterday, Mom, remember when we were homeschooling because we had homeschooled through all this? And she said, people would ask, well, how are you teaching? How are you, you know, you're not with text, but like, how are you functioning? And I said, well, and our daughter, Elizabeth, reminded me, she said, Mom, do you remember when you said what we are learning this year is how to love? Because through all the, the weakness and our daughter and our son having to carry our daughter, the stronger he got physically, she was showing us exactly what it means to love. And that's willing the good of another. And had it not been for that experience, I don't know where I would be other than potentially pretty lost. So the happiness, that's what I've learned as well, is the true happiness comes when we're unifying with God's will. And that's what has been the ultimate message in my heart, because I was always seeking the things of this world prior to our daughter's diagnosis. I, I had my foot a little bit dabbling in the, I'll go to Mass because we have to, but it started to become very real. And the idea of giving thanks to God, and through that suffering is where I found unifying with God's will leads to the ultimate happiness. Well, well, Chuck, I think you should fire me and hire Gene 
Uh, she's just expressed it far better wow. than I could. Wow. And, and how beautiful, Jean, consoling it must be to you to see that your daughter, even from that first encounter at adoration, she was seeing things uh, at a deeper level. You know, she right. she was somehow in tune with the realm of the spirit. Uh, she she sensed Jesus' presence there in the monstrance and hidden in the Holy Eucharist. She knew it was God who was there, God loving her. Uh, and, and, and the same then at the end of her life when she saw, uh, you know, her brother and sister that had been miscarried. So, you know, beautiful... That, that you have within your family this witness to you to inspire you and to see beyond the, the, the confines of the, of, of the worldly things that we usually get uh, bogged down in. So thank you so much for sharing this beautiful story. Yeah, Gene. That, yeah, no, go ahead. I, you know, I don't even know what to ask anymore. <laughs> We've got 15 oh. minutes left in the hour. It's just such a beautiful story. What a, what an incredible witness, one to your family, but to just your faith in God and what this little girl and your, your daughter taught you and now is teaching mm-hmm. a nationwide audience. It's just amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Well, if I could add to in our hearts is, um, thankfully, God willing, weather permitting, we will be having there's a Eucharistic procession in Oshkosh, actually, on Sunday, the Feast of, well, Sunday is always a beautiful day, but the St. Francis as well at 3 o'clock, and the St. Mary's site, it's part of the most blessed sacrament parish, but we are, in my heart, it's a lot of this is the, the world needs Jesus. Yeah. So that's a beautiful thing as well. Absolutely. Thanks for letting your suffering become a light that, that shines to others. Uh, and and, and the Lord has drawn you closer to himself through this, which is, again, what, what sometimes we don't. We fight God in moments of suffering rather than let him mm-hmm. draw us closer to himself and to teach you to be more Christ-like by the sacrificial love you gave your daughter and, and now the way that you're turning that to a witness to the world. Thank you so much for your generous heart. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jean. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, good to have you on the program today. So, Father Joseph Johnson, I don't know if I have any more questions for you today. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. I, oh my I'm worthless compared to, to the beauty of, of that story. Well, you know, and one, look at what this, uh, we talk about uh, bearing fruit. We talk about, you know, certainly get back to the Sunday Gospel a bit in terms of producing good fruit. And here's this uh, young lady who at five and a half, um, it's almost like uh, that was her mission in life. Uh, to uh, to live that life of suffering, to teach her mom and dad and her brothers and and, and sisters, and then to teach us uh, three years after her death, uh, still teaching. And uh, we we I, 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 again, I don't know uh, if there's a question in that or not. But uh, the mission of this young lady, it's still it's still impacting people. Yes, and so her suffering, her sacrifices are bearing a rich fruit. You know, and Jesus says. You know this this fruit, like like when he talks about the sower and the seed, the 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 seed that really is planted and and uh, nourished produces a hundredfold, right? So so you say, oh, if only she'd lived to be, you know, um, ninety eight. I buried a ninety eight year old yesterday, you know. But but no, it's not about length of time. It's that with whatever time is given to us, are we bearing fruit in it? And the fruit of the cross is not automatically good. You know, suffering comes to all of us, and it doesn't always produce a good fruit. It's how we accept it 
Do I accept it in faith? Do I allow it to draw me closer to the Lord? Lord, I can't handle this on my own. I need to depend on you. I need to have that humble trust in you. Uh, do, do I allow it to detach me from the things of this world? Do I turn it into an intercession uh, to pray for those around me, to pray for, for the unborn, pray for an end to abortion? For, this is Respect Life Month. You know, do we, do, we, do we allow our sufferings to be something that we can offer up to the Lord? Uh, as an intercession for the people around us that need those graces. Uh, it doesn't always happen that way. Uh, sometimes I, I become so focused on my own suffering, I, I become irritable and, and closed off to other people. It's just about me and my pain, and I get angry at God and, and all of that. So the cross has to be accepted in the right way. And so that's what we, I would say the one prayer that Jesus always answers that we don't want to we don't want to make that prayer maybe is lord teach me to suffer well hmm. teach me to suffer well teach me to carry my cross in in imitation of you and in union with you and to have a share in your passion we often pray lord take this cross away from me and that's not bad even jesus in his agony said you know let this cup pass from me. You know, uh, we would be psychologically unhealthy if you say, "Yeah, I want to suffer." No, no. But when suffering comes, can we accept it in faith and allow it to produce a good fruit? Well, and then look at what this uh, innocent uh, little girl, um, Jean's daughter, taught her family. I was so taken with Jean talking about. It took her a while to realize that she had fallen away from the Lord in her heart. But look yes. at what this little girl did for for Jean, uh, for for their entire family. I'm I'm just amazed and really edified by that story. Well, and you you hear Jesus talking about you have to be like a little child. Well, there it is, right? Uh, sometimes you and I are, are so busy being adults that we we forget to to try to have that childlike simplicity of heart, that purity of heart, that innocence, that trust. And of course, that's why Therese of Lisieux, whose feast was yesterday, that's why she's a doctor of the church, to remind us of that little way. And sometimes you and I need to pay more attention to the little ones because they have a lot to teach us. Yeah. Father Joseph Johnson, our spiritual director. Gene, if you're still listening, God bless you. Thank you for taking time to share really uh, an extraordinary and beautiful and holy story with all of us here on The Inner Life. But Father Joseph is our spiritual director. Looking ahead to the Sunday Gospel, a little detour there, which I almost want to stay, keep talking about that. But um, let me ask you another question about the, this parable from the Gospel of Matthew. And um, should we expect, as um, Christians, as Catholics, should we expect that we might be rejected for following Jesus. Absolutely. And as I said, we can place ourselves in both sides of that story. Uh, and certainly when we are a servant of the gospel, you know, Jesus said, you know, they treat the master this way. Well, you don't think they're going to treat you any better? You know, so of course we're going to face rejection. The gospel is a sign of contradiction to the world. Uh, and so there will be, whether it's the very subtle kind of just a mocking, which, you know, uh, if you take what the, the media and others say about the Catholic Church and about Christians in general, and if you substitute any other group, you just took out the word Catholic or Christian and substitute any other group, of course, there will be shrieks of horror. You couldn't talk about other people that way. So whether it's simply that mocking, uh, that 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 disrespect that comes that way, or it's something more, like you are uh, a Christian 
uh, trying to to run your photography shop or your bakery, and you're asked to do something that violates your conscience, uh, and now uh, the government comes in and tries to make you do something that that would violate your your faith. You know, there there are all sorts of levels that that we will face rejection and persecution uh, because of fidelity to the gospel, and they're real and they're around us. They're present. It's not some nightmare down the road. It's it's here. On those levels, we're not being fed to the lions or crucified, uh, at least not yet. Uh, but 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 there is this sense of of I'm going against the tide, which is why I have to have a life of prayer. I can't swim against the tide on my own strength. I can't stand against the world. If I stand against the world, I just get angry and and burned out, unless I'm rooted in Christ and and praying for the strength to do this and that it's not that I'm right and and you're wrong it's uh, you know sometimes we play that game too we like to have the right answer we like to be superior to the people around us no it's that I'm a servant of Christ and the Lord wants me to give this witness even if this witness costs me yeah and then is is that I mean I know the answer here but uh, the, the importance then of our prayer life the importance then of frequenting the sacraments maybe daily mass but certainly mass on Sundays the importance of going to confession to to keep and understand that God is who he says he is and we are not the landowners Right. And and this month of the rosary, too, to remind people, pray the rosary. Maybe your schedule doesn't allow you to get to Mass, but, you know, to pray the rosary in the car, to pray the rosary, at least one decade of the rosary together as a family, you know, even the squirmy little little ones can, can sit still for the two minutes, uh, you know, or at least you can wrestle with them for the two minutes to take one <laughs> decade of the rosary, you know, to, to ask Our Lady to help. You know, uh, prayer has to be woven through our lives. Otherwise, it's it's me on my own, and, and it's not going to turn out well. And then, uh, Father Joseph, in the few minutes we have left, we talk about, uh, I was so taken with the line in the Gospel, they will respect my son. Well, we know they don't. We know the rest of that story in terms of Jesus. But um, it just makes me think about you as a priest, uh, certainly on the front lines, uh, today in so many ways, but do you experience rejection? Do you experience judgments? Uh, do you experience a lack of respect? Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, at an earlier age in our society, clergy were respected, and and, uh, and there's the danger we've talked about before of clericalism that, you know, the, the Pope warns us against, that, that priests like being respected in, in society and having positions of honor. Well, that's not here anymore. Maybe in certain societies it still is. I remember uh, being in, in doctoral studies in Rome uh, when all the priest scandals were were uh, happening, coming to light in, in the year 2002, and then having to fly back here to, to the home after after six months of seeing that every day in the news. And I'm like, what am I going to find at home? And sure enough, I'm changing planes on the East Coast, and someone walks up to me and says, are you a Catholic priest? I'm like, oh, here it is, Lord. <laughs> and I said, well, yes. He says, thank you, Father, for wearing your collar. God bless you, you know, whatever. And so I'm like, oh, whew, you know, so you get both. You know, I, 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 I joke with my brother priest, sometimes we get treated better than we deserve, sometimes we get treated worse than we deserve. There, there are certainly times where uh, people say, I don't want to deal with you, or just people just give you a nasty look and don't even speak to you. They turn around, walk the other way, uh, and you just, you say, okay, you know, uh, 
Lord, let me pray for that person. Maybe our paths crossed uh, so that I could pray for that person. You know, and thank you, Lord, uh, for for the ability to offer some small suffering for you. I think of the great Italian passionist missionary to England, the man who actually received John Henry Newman to the church. Uh, he his English was kind of broken. Even his own parishioners in England kind of uh, teased him about about his accent. And and England was still very anti-Catholic at the time in the 1800s. And as he's walking along, children are running around him in the streets and, and mocking him and all this. And they started throwing stones at him. And one of the, the stones, the kid must have had a good arm and a good aim. It, it hit his forehead and, and, and drew blood. And 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 this is blessed Dominic Barbieri didn't didn't start screaming at the kids. He just stopped. He he bent down to find the, the, the stone that had his blood on it. He picked it up and he kissed the stone and put it in his pocket, giving thanks to God for the privilege of having shed his blood for the faith. Wow. You know? So you and I, instead of reacting to the the, 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 the wrath, the anger, the ugliness of the world, uh, by giving it right back to them, you know. Instead, can we say, you know, that we follow Jesus' lesson who said, learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. You know, and so so not to add to the angst in the world by, 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 by developing a hateful spirit right back at them, but, but instead to unite our sufferings with Christ. Yeah, wow. And to see the privilege of sharing his passion. Yeah, and then the courage to do that. Um, we we have to be courageous, don't we, uh, living in this world today? Yes, and meekness is not weakness. Meekness requires great, great strength to restrain yourself. I mean, someone punches in the gut, of course you want to punch them right back. Uh, but but to have that meekness, to turn the other cheek, to walk the extra mile, as the Lord keeps telling us, to love even our enemies, because the pagans love their friends. Boy, that's tough. That's that is tough, tough. And that's where we have to, to let the Lord stretch us. Father Joseph Johnson, our spiritual director, we have to wrap things up. Father Joseph, as you know, we'd like to close with a final blessing for all of our listeners. Loving, gracious Father, as we begin this great month dedicated to Our Lady's Rosary, we bring all the needs of our nation and entrust them to you, that through the hands of our Immaculate Mother Mary she might present our needs, that you might bless us, bless our families, bless our nation, and help our President and First Lady to be healed of their sickness, and help the light of the Holy Spirit to guide all of our leaders. May Almighty God bless you and all the listeners, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Joseph Johnson, great show today. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned now. Father Rocky celebrating Mass in about two minutes here on Relevant Radio. Have a great weekend. We're back on Mondays. See you then. Day 25, Seat of Wisdom, pray for us. I never heard of the Litany of Our Lady of Loretto until I was 12 years old, when I attended a summer leadership camp organized by young men of Opus Dei. We'd pray the rosary around the campfire at night and then pray the litany after the rosary. As a youngster, I thought, well, this is interesting, but when's it going to end? These guys never stop praying. Enough already. Now, years later, I hope it never ends. Such a mysterious prayer, so loaded with meaning, running so deep in the rich veins of mystical history. Our Lady, Seat of Wisdom. What on earth is that? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and Solomon, the wisest of all. Mary's wisdom is shown in her yes to God, 
at the Annunciation when she comes to visit and help her cousin Elizabeth without anyone asking her to do so. Mary, my mother, teaches wisdom. Mary, seed of wisdom, pray for the church and the nation.